That's what we call a staying calm, carrying on. That is the takedown of the accused uh, that's being talked around the world. And his name is Constable Ken Lamb, and he's been on the Toronto force for seven years. And he's being praised for his restraint and managing to take down the accused without opening fire. I think we can all be honest, because had he opened fire to shoot the suspect who was essentially telling him, I have a gun and motioning to that, no one would have questioned that. No one. But he didn't. So he is being recognized for that work. And he doesn't want the praise. He doesn't want the media attention. And apparently he is struggling with what happened with all the carnage. But he did de-escalate the situation. And he was very methodical about it, step by step. And did so, and you got to remember this, with all the adrenaline pumping through his veins, it is miraculous that, in fact, he did not shoot. And so we want to bring in Eric Lamming to the conversation. He has a PhD, he's working towards a PhD in criminology. He joins me now. Eric, there's no question that the takedown that Constable Ken Lamb did uh, of Alec Manasium is being talked around the world. Will this become, I think, a, a case study? I mean, it could. Uh, you know, these things happen more regularly than the public would like to believe. Um, obviously, they're not captured on video in a mm-hmm. lot of cases, especially in Canada, because, you know, most times police aren't wearing body cameras yet. So it's only bystander video or CCTV. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's an important case given the gravity of the situation and everything that transpired before that. Um, I think it's, uh, it's a very good case of effective de-escalation and what police did properly in this case. And I think, uh, you know, going forward, probably in a lot of jurisdictions, they might use this as an example of, hey, you know, this is what happened in Toronto. Very effective. And, uh, yeah, might, they might. They might. It just depends uh, how, uh, mm. how it's going to be used, I guess, in those cases. It's interesting because you brought up a point that I, I've been, been chatting about. It's that we always hear the headlines where the cops do it wrong. And Toronto police have no question been in the headlines a lot uh, in the last couple of years for mistakes they made. But I think um, there are many more cases where they actually do get it right. But because it's not a big story, um, it doesn't make headline news. Yeah, exactly. And that's it, it's kind of unfortunate because it's usually the bad times or the bad cases that you know we see most often. And that creates kind of a negative perception from the public of the police, and it's unfair in a lot of cases because, you know, what happened yesterday is reflective of the landscape of policing in Canada. Um, You know, most times they don't resort to lethal force. Uh, We have very low numbers on that. And in in a lot of these cases, it's it's usually de-escalated to the point of, you know, apprehending the person that they're looking for and without death, and Mm -hmm. that's, that's what they want. Constable Lamb, as we're learning, uh, has seven years on the force, and um, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want the praise. He was more worried about um, those being killed and, and, and maimed and hurt. So he won't probably give himself any pats on the back. But looking at that video of what he accomplished, I think is pretty unbelievable to watch because it was such a, and I hate to use the, the term, it was such a tense situation, and it would have been so easy for his finger to be on that trigger and just to pull. Hundred uh, percent. If you watch the, I think there's a few videos out there. Um, he dis- the the individual disobeyed 
uh, Officer Lamb's orders. So in a lot of those cases, an officer has every justification to pull that trigger, especially when he's approaching you. Um, Clearly, the officer is very calm. He kind of, he had his intuition. He knew what was going on, perceived the threat. It wasn't up to a level that he felt he needed to uh, pull the trigger. And clearly he saw that once the individual approached him, he didn't have a, a, a gun in his hand. Not to say that he had one, he had one in his pocket, but at that moment in time, the officer, you know, give him all the praise in the world, like everyone else is doing, Mm -hmm. did things right and uh, saved life right there. Yeah, I mean, look, we're talking about a situation where there was really no control at the scene. We had, you know, witnesses all over the place. Mm -hmm. You've got uh, all this um, activity going around with people trying to save lives, getting bodies out, getting people out. And then, of course, you've got this this suspect who is almost goading him to shoot and, and... Look, he's moving so erratically that I think it would have been very easy with the adrenaline pumping to act. And yet the officer somehow instinctually knew to de-escalate it. Take us through what he did, which may have, I guess, ended with the result we saw. Sure. So, you know, obviously when, when this officer is going to the scene, he probably has enough information of, you know, what happened, but he doesn't have full information. His role is to apprehend the, the suspect, take him in without obviously deadly force being applied um when you confront the the individual you're yeah you're in this open space so it's not controlled uh you have to be very aware of this and obviously we'll never know because we'll never be in those situations most likely mm-hmm. but these officers are trained to deal with this you know they have to go this through recertification every year on firearm training and use of force training in general um so they, they know how to deal with this but obviously when you're in the field and this actually happens it's totally different you know, because yeah. you can prepare all you want, but you just don't know because every situation is different. So when he, he's confronting this, this man, you know, a, a little bit of verbal exchange is, uh, is given. And uh, at, at the one point when he starts to come forward, you know, I think the officer, he was in a good position with his firearm. If he needed to use it, he could have. Mm-hmm. But obviously he, he just, the perception and the level of threat just wasn't at that point where he think, thought he needed to. If it was a different officer, we don't know. We could have had a different conversation. But in just this situation, maybe this officer's had experience with this. Maybe he's learned from other uh, colleagues on the job. But, you know, the, the fact that he handled it in that way and then he holstered his gun and got yeah. out his baton is very important because if you go with the gun, you're risking possibly sure. uh, a misfire, right? And, and not I, to mention lowering the sound of, of the siren, which I guess was agitating. Yeah, Exactly, and that was very smart, very aware. And you know, to be conscious of that in that situation, usually you have tunnel vision, so you aren't even thinking about anything around you. But this officer was fully aware, so, you know, kudos to him. Yeah, and I think some would say, well, you, you broke the rules of the book, but you ended up doing it right anyway. Well, exactly, <laughs> yeah. You know, at, does, at, at the end of the day, you know, it, if you get the result you want, it's a, it's a job completed, right? Yeah, and when you look at a case like this versus what happened with Sammy Yatim, it just, it's amazing the difference in restraint um, of a situation which I think yesterday would have been much, much more heightened. For sure. It's, you know, it, it, that was unfortunate, obviously, and the way that that kind of transpired, obviously the officers in the case, you know, they perceived a different level of threat. But at the same time, like, that's why they go through that training, and, and it's their perception of the incident. Um, in this case, the officer was, appeared to be by himself, too. So, like, yeah. that, you know, that level of threat could be higher in those cases. The threshold's a little bit lower when, it's, when you're by yourself. So, um, you know, the fact that he just knew what was going on. And, and I was asked earlier, you know, 
people would people be mad if you would have shot him and killed him because of what happened yeah. and that, that's not the point this is the officer is there to his role is to is to catch this person and and hopefully alive so we can find out why he did this right, right. and try to get answers from this yeah it was uh, pretty amazing to watch and uh you know a silver lining in this uh, tragedy thanks so much eric for your insight yeah of course my pleasure and that is Dr. Leming uh, giving us some insight into his thoughts. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.